and welcome to episode 19 of the Strong Habits podcast. I am your host and coach, Penny Varvridis. I got loads of positive feedback on last week's episode with Alex, so thank you very much for that. I do love a bit of positive reinforcement, so I'm going to see if I can find you some more interesting people to invite onto the show. Today's episode will be a short one, I think, so let's go straight into the questions. Eleanor asked, how do you know if you're stretching correctly? She says, I'm not sure if I'm pushing myself too far or simply stretching incorrectly. Almost feels like something's snagging or something needs to be clicked but can't. So firstly, you don't need to push into pain or intense discomfort when you're stretching. If something doesn't feel right, just ease off. Secondly, I want you to think about what you're trying to stretch when you do a stretch. Think about the target muscle. Is that what you can feel stretching? Sometimes when you push too far into a stretch, the the muscles can't actually stretch that far. Normally what ends up happening is you make up the difference by stretching your tendons and ligaments instead. That can lead to a weird feeling or discomfort sometimes. Um, Sometimes I think doing more of a mobility-focused dynamic stretch type session rather than a static stretch is better as it gives you a chance to move in and out of your end range and build usable strength, not just flexibility. So flexibility is the ability to passively move your body into a particular range. For instance, when you push yourself down into a splits position. Mobility is being able to use your muscles in that end range. In this case, standing back up from the splits position without using your hands. This is things like getting into versus standing up from the bottom of a pistol squat or getting your foot onto a high step versus actually being able to step up from the high step. This is going to be more helpful, but that doesn't mean flexibility isn't helpful too. When you're pushing into a stretch, a slight discomfort is normal. You're testing your muscles. But if you feel a stabbing or sharp sensation or any actual pain or weird clicking, stop. It shouldn't feel like something could pop out. It's easy to overstretch in things like yoga classes where the emphasis is often on breathing deeper and deeper into stretches for long periods of time or using bands or rope to help you get deeper. But if you don't have a good idea of what your body's limits are, it can be easy to push too hard here. Just be mindful of that. Pay attention to what you're doing and stay mentally present when stretching. I do a 15-minute mobility live on Instagram every day at 12.15, so if you ever fancy joining in with some movement, do. Everyone's flexibility is different, and just starting from where you are and moving daily through the shapes that you'd like to be able to do is going to allow you to get better at those shapes, but also specifically working on body awareness. This will help you with not overstretching, but also on your balance, your form when lifting or running, your jumping and catching skills. The same way I try and get you to focus on mindfulness in your eating practices, I want you to focus on mindfulness in your movement practices as well. Be present, be intentional, pay attention. Dave asked, what would be a good starting point for trying meditation for someone who's not really tried it before or not in a long time? So there are a couple of ways you could go. I think the easiest way to get started is to just pick the exact same time every day to do one minute. Sit down or whatever, set a timer, close your eyes and spend one minute paying attention to the air coming in and out of your nose. Feel it. 
Is it cold? Is it warm? Every time your mind wanders, catch yourself, think, this is a thought, label it, return to your breath, in and out, that sensation inside your nostrils, just for one minute. Do one minute every day for a week, and then either keep doing one minute or move up to two minutes. Same thing, focus on your nostrils, on the air, on what it feels like, keep bringing yourself back to your breath. Every time you have a thought, label it and come back. From there, just keep adding a minute until you get to a length of time that you'd like to stick to. There are free apps that you can download to track your meditation. The one I use is called Insight Timer and it's free. And the benefit of using it is that it gamifies the whole experience. So you can see how many days and how much time you've spent meditating and how many unbroken days you've kept a streak for. I find this sort of thing quite helpful when it comes to building new habits. It's the same reason I recommend using Habit Ball for tracking your non-negotiables and why using the the app to track your training is also so helpful. If you do download an app to help you with your meditation, you also have the option of using guided meditations. If you're going to go down this route, again, start really short. Don't go straight into a 30 minute one or probably even straight into a 10 minute one. I don't know what the shortest option is on the app, but shorter is easier. If you're new to meditating and you go straight into 30 minutes, you're probably not actually going to be meditating. You're more likely to just be sitting thinking for 30 minutes, which is something else. And now if the goal is to just have 30 minutes of quiet time, that's fine. It's just something else. Someone on Instagram asked me how I can be motivated to train every day and not just lounge on the sofa. A couple of you have also mentioned motivation to do anything waning this week. So I wanted to quickly touch on this. The thing about motivation is, it's not an infinite supply. You're not always going to be motivated to do something. Right now, the world is weird. Being stuck at home is strangely exhausting and it's easy to feel a bit deflated. Giving yourself the space to lounge on the sofa is fine. I am doing plenty of lounging, don't you worry. But it's also important to do the other stuff because you know it makes you feel good. You know that regular exercise and movement makes you feel good. And you know too many days in a row of not doing anything makes you feel shit and less motivated to do anything else. You know it. Every single one of you has said something along those lines to me over the last few years. It's the same for me too. Sitting makes me feel lethargic if I do it for too long, but also anxious and also sad. So the reason that I'm able to train every day isn't because I feel motivated to do it all the time. It's because my reason for doing it is so important. And it's also just habit. If you can build habits around doing certain things, they're easier to do when you can't be bothered. When are you ever actually motivated to brush your teeth or change the cat toilets or clean the bath? You do them because you know that you have to. Movement is the same. I do it because I know that I have to. Because even if present Penny doesn't want to, she knows that future Penny will be grateful. And I try to spend at least some of my day, every day, thinking about what future Penny would want me to do. This usually happens early in the morning or later at night, as for some reason, from like two till six, I never seem to want to do anything other than lie down. So I normally just lie down and do my effortful things before and after that. My rule is to at least do something. Every day, it doesn't have to be a full-on workout, but I have to do something. And if I miss a day, I never miss a second one. 
Sometimes you don't need motivation. What you need is discipline. And that is something that you can teach yourself and something that you can train. You just have to start small and be consistent. So, for this week's fun fact. In 16th and 17th century Europe, cannibalism was a fairly common practice, apparently all in the name of medicine. The practice apparently started because Egyptian mummies were thought to have magical curative properties, so they were ground up and put in many remedies. Now, I suppose this is actually more a fact about how Europeans grave robbed Egypt. As the idea evolved, human bone, blood and fat all started being used in medical concoctions. Nothing like a good old cup of skull-crushed tea to heal that banging headache. (laughs) Okay, so maybe that fact wasn't that fun. Would you like a happier one? Yes, maybe you get a bonus one. So here's a happy, happy fun fact. Koalas have fingerprints and they look just like human fingerprints. So if a koala ever wanted to frame you... They probably could. Have a wonderful week. I have been your host and I'll see you next time.